Welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This week's episode is titled, Russia, Go Fuck Yourself. Woo! Woo! Which is an excellent title because it's how I feel on the inside. And uh, it's what Ukrainians are saying on the outside. That's true. <laughs> uh, and, and boy, are they. Yeah, it's been... Uh, th- this whole thing with a war is, is like terrible and sad and all that. And, and we're going to get into like the, the tragedy of the war. But if there was a, a lighter side to the war, if there is, can be a light side to a war, it's been the fact that the motto of this war has been go fuck yourself. Which, well, specifically Russia, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it, it's been pretty funny. I have to say, I haven't heard, I haven't heard the news use profanity this much since Donald Trump said shithole countries. And even then, when that happened, a lot of the media wouldn't even say the word mm-hmm. shithole. But now I'm seeing people say, go fuck yourself on TV, just like... Constantly. <laughs> like it's acceptable, yeah. which is awesome. That's great. And Because apparently that is like... it. I guess it started with that, um, just to fill everybody in, uh, there was an island, a tiny island called Snake Island, off the coast of Ukraine, and uh, there was a Russian warship that was surrounding the island or whatever and coming to them. And they were they're like, you know, surrender, lay down your weapons. And the Ukrainian soldiers were like, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And the the audio got released and, and everything. And the rest of the world went, can you do that? Yeah, can you do that? That's and awesome. Yeah, you can apparently. And then it just sort of took off. And so as the Ukrainians are trying to protect their country and and fight for their, their land, mm-hmm. um, they are employing that slogan as a rallying cry as often as possible. They've even changed. I saw uh, they've even changed some of their street signs, <laughs> their signage to actually say like Russia, go fuck yourself with an arrow pointing to the left. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like this way to go fuck yourself. Buddy. Yeah. 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 Which I, I mean, if, like I said, if I'm going to find a sense of humor in any of this, it's, it's definitely that that's hilarious. Um, and it's been all over the, the television. And I think it's it really is something they're all getting behind. There might be some part of Ukrainian culture that I don't understand about. The, like, maybe it's already a meme to say, go fuck yourself. Perhaps. Or maybe it's already that way in terms of their relationship with Russia. Yeah, maybe it's just something they've been saying for a while about Russia. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But either way, even if it's not something that they say all the time about Russia before, it's definitely something they're saying all about Russia now. <laughs> yeah, because we've been watching a lot of news mm-hmm. um, following what's happening over there. And we've seen a lot of interviews mm-hmm. with Ukrainians um, that has that have stayed behind to fight. And yeah. how many of them have we now seen? Like at this point, you and I are both fluent yeah. in Ukrainian, <laughs> but only when it comes to how to say go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah. to Russia. I've seen at least a baker's dozen of them on TV. <laughs> Yeah, saying, they're like, go fuck yourself. The, the little newscaster lady's like, do you have anything that you would like to tell Putin? And they always smile. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I got something to say to that guy. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. No, yeah. Wow. So that's been weird. Um, It's certainly, I would like to like pinpoint at what point in time, because I imagine if anyone was to listen to this episode far in the future, they would need like sort of clarification about like at what point during the war are we recording this? Well, is it even technically, are they calling it a war at this point? I mean, it is a war. I mean, it is, but I don't know if it's officially been labeled as such. Well, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, Putin calls it just visiting. Yeah, so uh, whatever it gets called, all I know is right now we're at the point where 
you know, uh, Kiev hasn't been taken, but there's this big ass, like 40 mile long convoy that's right outside of it. And they just bombed the shit out of a nuclear plant. And that was scary. That happened a couple of days ago. And so that's like timeline wise where we're at. I don't know where this is going. But I felt like if if we wanted to uh, save this episode for posterity, we would need like sort of a timestamp. So that is where we are in the series of events at this particular time. And things have been really crazy. And, you know, our country, you know, Putin has nukes, Russia has nuclear weapons and NATO countries. If one of us gets in, we're all in and it's nuclear war and it's scary. So we're trying to avoid that at this point. But I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I don't know what the hell. Well, I think that you and I, as as well as many others, including really important people, have been kind of taken aback by the Ukrainian resolve. Yeah, them being badass. And it's very inspiring. And um, in many ways, what they're doing right now is so American. Yeah, it really <laughs> like is. Like, if... if it, the good parts of what makes America America is what Ukraine is doing right now, which is why I think so many people on both sides of the aisles have found a, something to get behind, yeah, which is support for them. For them saying like, "No, nah, we're not letting these people come." And yeah, take our country. you can't. You're not coming into my house and taking my shit. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. That's American as fuck. It really is. It, it really, really is. It's pretty badass. And just the cleverness that they have been um, doing things. Like, it's almost like booby traps. Yeah. Like, changing street signs. Mm-hmm. Um, not only to put, like, go fuck yourself, but just, like, literally switching out names yeah. to, to point Russians in the wrong in direction. In the wrong direction. Just, like, changing the numbers. Trolling, almost. But yeah, it's a very... Well, it's a kind of an eloquent way to distract, like, the invaders because it's going to take them a while to figure out all that shit. And I've seen video of, like, literally just farmers, like, Mm-hmm. Taking stealing, stealing Russian tanks <laughs> yeah, just and driving tanks. off with them. I saw a video a couple of days ago of a bunch of Ukrainian men who had stolen a Russian tank and were just joyriding it around yeah. in some fields. I wonder if they were like ghost riding it, like playing music and come, getting out and dancing <laughs> while it was driving time. down the field. Like, they 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 selfie videoed themselves and they were just tickled that they had stolen this tank. Ghost ride the Russian tank. That's um, awesome. But so I think a lot of it is like I think many of us thought it was going to just happen and and Putin was going to end up in Ukraine and it would be done. Mm -hmm. But that's not what has happened. No, they're fighting really hard and they're fighting the people um, that stayed. The men who have stayed are fighting and then volunteers, thousands. I was reading today like. Almost like 20,000 at least of volunteers from all over the world mm-hmm. have showed up yeah. to help fight. If I knew how to fight, I would go. And But I don't. Their president, um, Volodymyr mm-hmm. Zelensky, has asked people to come. Yeah. He's like, if you can get to the border of Poland and Ukraine, you can come help us fight. And people are doing it. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, if, uh, I, if I had the skills, I would totally do it. But like, I don't have the, like no, the first thing. Like former military folks. Uh, coming out of retirement reservists that aren't active or Mm -hmm. going like people are just showing up americans even are showing up to help fight well if they need a podcast host i'll go yeah (laughs) yeah we we can do that yeah (laughs) yeah i think we could probably be uh, we could do that this is one of those times in my life where i was like 
I kind of wish I had military training and understood all that shit because then I could go over there and do something. But I don't know the first thing about any of it. Well, they're getting trained. They have at the on the border. They have um, yeah. specialists that are actually showing them how to use all the weaponry and because it's all coming from different countries. That's so nuts. I, I, so if you want, I would never. You re- could go. <laughs> I'm not the type of person that could ever be a fighter, but I could support them. Like I would if I had medical training or something. Yeah, I would do it. Um, I, I can't. My personality just wouldn't You're work a as a pacifist. As a yeah, it wouldn't work as a fighter. But I could support people who are fighters. I would do that. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I know um, uh, one of the ways we're supporting it is that there's all these sanctions. We've decided to shut down Russia economically. That's sort of been the strategy. Yes, because the rest of the world, the Western world, has said, well, we're going to you know, be hands off in uh-huh. terms of fighting. But what can we do in the meantime? Well, we can absolutely wreck Russia economically Mm -hmm. we can make their their dollar the ruble go (laughs) down to nothing which is what we've done like literally in like a couple of days it went down to nothing and they're just like not even open in their stock market because they're like we know what's gonna happen they've kept it shut now for days yes (laughs) like they didn't even open the doors (laughs) like why bother that seems to me to compound the problem like yeah that just means when you do open them it's gonna be even worse yeah so the sanctions have been pretty epic and they've been they've spanned across uh both public sector mm-hmm. so like government and then private sector so mm-hmm. private businesses have even issued their own sort of like personal sanctions yep. against the country including BP Shell and Exxon yep all three have announced that they are ending all their joint ventures in Russia including Exxon who had a humongous I think offshore rig that they were building yeah like in the middle of yeah i still don't want to like applaud those companies because they're still the devil but they are yeah but they're doing the right thing in this particular case yes um swedish automaker volvo has suspended all car shipments to russia indefinitely yeah so no volvos no volvos Volvos. i'm sure they'll be all right without those credit card companies visa and mastercard have blocked russian finance financial institutions Mm -hmm. from their networks yeah so like you're not gonna be able to use your visa card nope uh global shipping company merck has halted all container shipments to and from Russia. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's those big ships that have those gigantic containers on yeah. them full of like Walmart stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paper towels and toilet paper. Mm-hmm. So supply chain issues. Oh, yeah. Russian banks have been barred from the SWIFT international payment system, yep. which is basically halting all international wire transfers to and from Russia. So there's no sending money back and forth to and from the country. I know. The EU has banned the sale of aircraft and equipment to yeah. Russia. You just can't even say, which, wow, wow. I mean, imagine your business just has to completely change overnight if, that, if you were selling aircraft to yeah. Russia. Yeah, and they've had to. Wow. And then others have kind of done it voluntarily. The U.S., EU, U.K., and Canada have all banned uh, Russian flights mm-hmm. over their airspace, yeah, or through their airspace. Yeah, no, you can't be flying your planes around us. Mm-hmm. Putin's personal foreign-held assets in the EU, U.S., U.K., Switzerland, Japan, and Canada have all been frozen. Yeah. And that's one of the things that the governments are doing is they're targeting individuals with these sanctions, not just the whole country. Yeah, there's the with Putin, it's particularly uh, tricky, though, because he does have money in places we don't know about, including crypto. 
-hmm. And that is a big can of worms that I don't know how that's going to settle out. I've The crypto side of this is something that is a question for me. I don't know the answer. Yeah, but, there's a lot of concern uh -huh. that these Russian oligarchs may and have an Putin outlet through are, crypto to keep yes, their money somehow. Are, are going to start funneling their mm -hmm. money into cryptocurrency as a way to keep it safe. Yeah, and I don't know how that's eventually going to play out, but I know that right now that since we're targeting them with all this stuff, we should it should be they should keep an eye on the crypto part of it for sure. Warner Media announced that they will not release the new Batman movie in Russia. <laughs> no Batman for no you. No Batman for you. Okay. No. Um, Netflix announced that they are halting any and all projects and acquisitions from Russia. Yeah, that's a that's a hit. They also won't be running any Russian affiliated media channels on their platform in Russia. Mm -hmm. Well, they got rid of a lot of the Russian media outlets. There's only like the one now. <laughs> yeah. Disney has halted all releases in Russia. No Disney. No Disney movies for you. YouTube slash Google has banned Russian propaganda outlets RT and Sputnik from their platform. Yeah, and honestly, RT was one of the largest YouTube channels, period. A lot of people didn't know that, but it was up there in like the top, not just news channels or country channels, in the top literal channels in the world was RT, and they're gone now, which is mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize how big they were until they were I went reading about Hundreds this. Hundreds of millions of yeah. subscribers. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. And YouTube took them down. Mm -hmm. Facebook has restricted accounts belonging to several Russian-backed media outlets and has banned them from advertising. Yep. So I'm like, so you could do that all along? Uh-huh. Hmm. Interesting. Who knew? Interesting, Mark Zuckerberg. Apple has halted all product sales in Russia. Apple. So no iPhones. No iPhone for you. No iPhone for you. Liquor stores and bars across the U.S. and Canada have stopped selling Russian alcohol. Yeah, I mean, there's alcohol from everywhere else in the world. We don't need yours. They, like, literally have pulled it off their shelves. Yeah, been it. Like, we don't need it. Nope. Jay-Z's got vodka. We're good. FIFA, the global governing body of soccer, has mm -hmm. banned Russia from all competitions, mm -hmm. which came after Poland said it would not play Russia in a qualifying semi-match for the World Cup. Yeah, hell no. We're, yeah. So, nah. like, no soccer. Like, you, don't no... Get the, you don't get to get glory in sports mm -hmm. during this whole shit? No. Even in gaming, yep. EA Sports announced that they are removing Russian teams from their video games. Yep, and they're, they're not the only one. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. The World Taekwondo Federation took away Putin's ninth Dan black belt and said the Russian flag and anthem will not be allowed at events. Hell yeah, you don't even get the karate's. They revoked Putin's black belt. Yeah, you don't got a black belt anymore. You go back down to white. <laughs> Airbnb has suspended all operations in Russia. Wow. So, so you can't even book an Airbnb. Mm -mm, wow. Mm -mm. The Swedish furniture store IKEA mm -hmm. has closed all stores in Russia. Yeah. Uh, I Jimmy Fallon said on his show the reason that IKEA did that was to s throw a, a small, useless wrench into their economies. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I yes. Yes. Good, good one, Jimmy Fallon. That was pretty funny. Hermes, which looks like Hermes. <laughs> Yeah. Which is a luxury fashion house. Mm -hmm. They've closed all their stores in Russia, and they've halted all commercial operations. Nice. Alcoa, 
the largest aluminum producer in the U.S. has stopped selling all products to Russian companies and halted purchasing of raw materials from Russia. No more aluminum from Russia. That's a big deal. Yeah. No shipping aluminum, no receiving yeah, raw materials. Yeah, we use that for a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Clothing store H&M has stopped all sales in Russia and closed more than 150 stores in the country. Boeing and Airbus have suspended all parts, maintenance, and technical support for Russian airlines. Does that mean their planes are going to start just fucking falling out of the sky? Possibly, yeah. Huh. Um, Russia operates a fleet of about 700 Western aircrafts. <laughs> They're just going to start being like... Yeah. <laughs> and without the support of Boeing and Airbus, the country's airline industry is extremely isolated. Oh, man. So so if you're Russian, <laughs> don't fly on a plane anywhere anytime soon. There, you can't call for help, tech support. Uh-uh. Like, what does this red light here on the, <laughs> on the panel mean? Like as the plane's going down. Yeah, what does this mean? We're not going to tell you. Can't tell you, sorry about yeah. that. So yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, and that's not even all. That's wow, That's just some. I know, it's incredible. Of the many like public and private sector sanctions mm-hmm. that have been lodged. It's kind of scary, Russia. though, when it makes you realize how quickly they can cut off everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you're on the receiving end of it, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, because I, I can't help but in, in a lot of the same, like, I'm glad that they're punishing Putin and the other oligarchs who have all the money. But the average person in Russia who has no say in any of this... Uh, is getting absolutely fucked by this. Correct. And um, I, in my reading on all of the sanctions, that is part of the goal. I know, but it's sad. I feel bad it for It is, them. but it's almost like it's one of those things where they think I, that if they can get through to the Russian people, maybe they'll revolt. Maybe they'll overthrow their government. Maybe they'll stage such a protest that... Putin will back off. Yeah, I don't or know. it will cause so much unrest within mm-hmm. Russia that it's distracting for this invasion of Ukraine goal. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing, I want to make a disclaimer here in the in the episode because we titled it like a uh, Russia go fuck yourself, but really it's like the Russian government and Putin and the oligarchs go fuck yourselves. Um, obviously, there are people in Russia who are probably pretty freaking awesome. Just like there are probably people in North Korea that kick ass and that I would be awesomely down with. But I'll never know that because their leader sucks so hard that he ruins it for everyone. And so I think that has gotten mixed up a little bit in like times recently. So, uh, you know, you have Phil Mickelson. He came out and said a bunch of shit about Saudi Arabia. The the golfer? Yeah, the golfer Phil Mickelson. Mm -hmm. They were talking about possibly having a Saudi Arabian tour of the PGA. And he was like, that's bullshit. That guy... He fucking killed Khashoggi. Like, that shit was bad. He mentioned Khashoggi. And people got all on his case saying that he was racist. Well, he didn't say that guy. He said he was like those people or yeah. like they. He was they like, yes, they they're fucked killed, over there. They killed journalists. Yeah, they're stuff. fucked over there. They killed journalists. Yeah. And to a reasonable person, it's obvious that he doesn't mean Saudi Arabians do that. He means Mohammed bin Salman, and the, the leader, the, the prince of Saudi Arabia, does that horrible shit. Their government does that horrible shit. Obviously not the people. And I thought we were all adult enough to understand that, but it seems to be getting mixed up in these times. So I wanted to put a disclaimer out there to say, like, I got nothing against... I actually love a lot of Russian people. Russian literature is a lot of... Some of my favorite literature. 
I've read all of Dostoevsky's books. I'm a huge fan. But what their government is doing and what Russia is doing right now is completely fucked and they deserve what they're getting. And um, I don't know. I felt important to point that out because it seems like people get confused about that. And uh, that's weird. Right. Yes. Um, there have been people who've who've said, like, don't go out and attack your local Russian restaurant owners. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Be obviously. assholes to your Russian neighbors because right. of this. Like, yeah, no shit. It's not them. Yeah. I, I would think it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to realize <laughs> yeah. that it's not them. Right. And, and to me, it's just common sense. But I guess in some instances, you do have to put like a disclaimer. I do. Um, I think in these times yeah. we're living in now, it's important to say it because people obviously don't get it. Yeah, and if anything, um, with the sanctions plus the punitive um, treatment coming from their own government, a lot of, I mean, the Russian people are going to be suffering as well. Yeah, and they're pissed. They're protesting in massive freaking numbers. Yeah, they are. And so, like, th- th- that's proof right there that, <laughs> that they are not on the same page with this crazy maniac who's running around bombing the shit out of other countries. And sitting at long tables. Sitting at ridiculously long tables yelling at people. 20 feet from his henchmen. Oh my god. <laughs> to those tables, those pictures of him at those giant yeah, tables. So like, what what the, a weirdo. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And and it's always a different table. I've seen like four different ones. I'm like, how many giant tables does this fucking does guy this have? asshole have? He's just got a giant table for every day of the week? Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, but also infuriating. So I don't know about you, but I've had some questions um, about since the start of the of the war in Ukraine and all the shit that's going on. I've had some questions about Ukraine, some of which I've gotten answered and some of which I have not. And I thought maybe we should do a little section of like, here's some of the things we've learned. And then here are some of the things we have yet to learn, but I want to know. So this will be the uh, questions portion of the, like <laughs> of the show. Q and A. One of the things I've learned from the beginning of this, is that I'd heard it pronounced, uh, the city pronounced Kiev uh, before. I heard that's how Ukrainians pronounced it, but I didn't know if that was just local or what. And then I've also, before I'd always heard it pronounced as Kiev. And I learned the truth is that in Russian, it's pronounced Kiev. In Ukrainian, it's pronounced Kiev. And the reason most people on the news and stuff are saying Kiev now is for solidarity for the Ukrainians. And I thought that was really interesting because in my life it had always been pronounced Kiev. It wasn't until this last few months or weeks that I've heard it pronounced Kiev. Yeah, and it was pronounced that way by the media. Mm-hmm. So anytime, um, what's her face from ABC? Mm-hmm. What's the lady's name that's always in foreign countries? She's the foreign reporter. You know, older lady. It'll come to me. Anyway, she would always say, like, I'm hearing Kiev. Yeah, Kiev. And then all of a sudden it's Kiev. And we were like, how are they saying it differently? Yeah. Oh. I, I did. I was very curious about it. And that is a question that I did learn the answer to. Martha Raddus. Martha Raddus. There you yeah. go. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I couldn't think of her name. Like, like you, <laughs> you were looking at me like you were picturing your face and I was supposed to see it too. And I was like, I was like you know, I'm, I'm sitting here pointing at you. I don't see. You know who I'm talking about. The lady with the Barbara dark Walters? hair. I don't no. know. <laughs> Martha. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Well, um, have you had any questions that you've had answered? Like, yeah. And this just shows that I'm painfully American. Um, I didn't really know what all countries bordered Ukraine to be perfect. Oh, honest. I had no idea. I mean, obviously I did know Russia. Yeah. But, like, I didn't really know the rest. No, I had and no idea. And that's embarrassing to Well, they admit. have, like, nine countries around. I mean, it's, you kind of <laughs> can be forgiven. Now that I know, you can kind of be forgiven because there's a lot 
it's it's embarrassing to admit, but I'll admit it. Like, oh I'm yeah, a, I'm a too. product of American public schools. Yeah, and I know we learned that stuff at some point. I want to say like sixth grade, but if, eh. if if I'm being completely honest, if you would have told me to find Ukraine on a map before now, I'd have got you to the general area, but I wouldn't have necessarily been able to say it's this one. To be fair, though. You and I are both old enough to where that section of Europe has changed a couple it of has. times, even since we were in sixth It has grade. a little bit, yeah. The names of places are different. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that now I, I can say there are like nine countries that are on the border of Ukraine, so you can be forgiven for not remembering <laughs> all of them. There's <laughs> yeah. a shitload. Also, I didn't know that that was where the Black Sea was yeah. exactly. Yeah, well, you, you know. I know it all now. Yeah, that's the thing. You've learned a lot. Huh? I have, yeah. I, I've been wondering about the, the question of the cyber war. Like, I've known that Russia has ridiculous cyber capabilities, and they probably still do. And I've been wondering for the longest time why they haven't been unleashing them. And I have a partial answer to that question. And the partial answer is because hundreds of thousands of hackers have gotten together to basically stop them from being able to do anything. Mm -hmm. And they've been being attacked more than they're able to unleash attacks. So we can thank uh, Anonymous for that. Love you guys. (laughs) Appreciate that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stay on them, you know, because apparently the cyber part of it, they can't get their shit together because, well, people have volunteered from all over the world to fuck them up, which is pretty great. But I still think they have stuff they haven't used yet. Uh, That's in my mind for sure. And it's kind of scary. I think maybe part of the reason might be that the Russians want to have as much of the infrastructure left to use for themselves once they they assume Ukraine's going to surrender and they hope to have as much infrastructure left there for them to use as possible. That's my only thing I can figure is they don't want to destroy everything with cyber. Well, what I read also said that they're currently utilizing the same mechanisms of communication that are available in new Ukraine. Yeah, they're using like the same towers. So if they were to like shut down mm-hmm. internet, they, they would wouldn't be have it. just as screwed as yeah. the Ukrainians. I I assume that's the reason. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I read. Because I know that I was certainly under the impression from history that Russia has some pretty strong cyber capabilities to... F- fuck shit up I and mean, they've shut down power plants in ukraine before yeah i'm kind of surprised that they didn't roll in with their own methods of communication yeah it's weird that they didn't need like that they could use independent uh-huh. from the ukrainians that's system. so weird to it's me. a little like did you guys even plan this i don't know that's one of the things i've been that's at your been, giant table yeah that's Putin? one of the things that's been kind of plaguing my mind about this is it's like if that's true then why did they have they leave it set up so that they couldn't use their cyber, which we know is one of their strongest weapons? Unless Putin just thought that he would roll in and the Ukrainians would roll over. I guess that's kind of been the answer to a lot of questions that people have had of like, like, I guess Putin just miscalculated this whole thing, which I guess is true. But if that's true, why did we all think he was smarter than that? Yeah, we've been giving him a lot of credit for a really long time. Yeah, so has something changed or was our mis- our understanding of him before a misunderstanding or or what? I it's still not clear on that to me at all. Yeah, I have no idea. Because I had a certain impression of him and then that, that would have been that he wasn't that stupid like that he wouldn't do something that was just like completely misjudged of the situation. I didn't think he was that type of person, but I guess maybe he is. I, I don't really know. It's kind of unclear yeah. if, if our judgment was wrong or he changed. 
I'm still not sure about that. And I guess that's kind of the, one of the questions of the whole thing that's unanswered so far. Uh, because it seems odd to me that he would misjudge a military situation so badly. Another question I've had has been about the uh, the airspace. Like, So I don't know how many planes each side has, but it seems like Ukraine has planes still. And they're still able to bomb the shit out of Ru- Russian things from the sky sometimes. Uh, which is nuts to me, because I would have thought... Russia had a bajillion more planes than Ukraine did, but apparently the, they're not able to control the air like I thought they were going to either, which is another one. I don't understand how that exactly happened. Yeah, unless he miscalculated and thought he didn't need air coverage. Which doesn't seem right at all. I really do kind of wonder if he just didn't think that showing up in the, in the mass numbers that he did, that that would be enough to intimidate like I said, which if that's true, then how did we misjudge him so badly? Yeah, I don't know. And how did he misjudge so badly? That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, it might be that might be the case, but how did that happen? Yeah. That's the part I, I'm still kind of stuck on is like a as like a question from this whole thing that I hope I'll have an answer to at some point. Like, maybe he's got, like, brain fever and he's, like, getting delusional or something. Yeah, maybe he's got, like, some kind of... Yeah, the vapors. Dementia or... Maybe he's got COVID brain. Yeah, or like, yeah, or something like that. Or like, maybe he had like a near-death experience or like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like something. So at this point, over a million Ukrainians have fled the country. I know, that's crazy to think about. Like the same amount of people that died from coronavirus in America in the last two years, that amount of people left Ukraine in like five days. Yeah, they just, they they bailed, they ran. Sometimes on foot, even because the roads were so backed up. That... Yeah, Sean Penn had to run away on foot. Yeah, that's right. Sean Penn was in Ukraine with the crew doing a documentary on what was happening, and it just got a little too real. And he and the crew left, and they wound up having to walk yeah. to the border to get out. Yeah, that's that's something. So a million, um, over a million at this point, many of whom have wound up in Poland. Mm-hmm. And... Um, from there, they've been bused to like Warsaw, Krakow. Some have even been bused to other countries. Yeah, uh, Germany has been taking some. Germany's been taking some, and Austria, and even Denmark. Yeah, um, I heard there was like in Germany they have more families with signs saying they'll take people in than they have refugees at this point. Like they're the problem is getting them from Poland to Germany. It's taken long. Uh, but uh, the German families are stepping up because they're like, we know what this shit's like. Yeah, and it's kind of the same in Poland. Um, yeah. In my, I was reading a little bit about the the refugee situation that's happening right now in Poland, and there's a lot of um, good to be said. Oh yeah. About what Poland is doing in terms of opening their border and offering to help. In particular, they. They aren't requiring the kinds of things that you would typically see at a border, which would be like, you know, papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show me your papers. Yeah. Um, for humans or even for animals. So people have been traveling with their pets. Yeah. Um, and they're just letting anybody in who yeah. is coming from the Ukraine with no questions asked, mm-hmm. which is great. It is. Um, but it it's probably going to backfire sooner rather than later. And I didn't realize that until I did some reading mm-hmm. today about it about the situation because uh poland who's really helping right now are the polish people mm-hmm. the citizens like average ordinary polish yeah. citizens are the ones who are volunteering mm-hmm. and who are the ones that are putting 
um, refugees in their own homes. Mm -hmm. They're opening up their homes voluntarily and saying, I don't know you, but you can come stay at my house with me and I'll help you, you know, get through this. The Polish government is involved, but it's a little less so. Yeah. It's actually the Polish people, which is super interesting. And there's some speculation, or at least a little bit of relation, to the Polish position in the EU currently and why they may be opening their borders the way that they are. Mm -hmm. Because what's interesting is that the current Polish government actually was founded on the sort of nationalist rhetoric of closed borders. Yes. They kind of are Trumpy in a way. Uh-huh. Um, and so much so that they actually built a wall uh-huh. between their border and um what is that? Bela- Belarus. Belarus, yeah. Yeah, to keep Belarusians out. Belarusians, yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of doing the opposite right now and right. letting in Ukrainian refugees. And it's more from the volunteers than it is from the government. I have a uh, uh, at least a partial explanation for this phenomenon and why this is happening like it is in Poland. As a person, I said earlier in episodes that I, I read a lot of Dostoevsky as a as a person. I'm he's I'm a fan of his writing. He was a Russian author and he was writing in the 1800s. And I can say from his books, he makes it abundantly clear that Polish people hate russians mm. like a lot yeah they're like in his books it is a primary thing and happens a lot polish people and russian people do not get along with each other there's a lot of uh anxiety and anger between those two people and i think i would compare it to like you could imagine there's a lot of history with china and japan and chinese people and japanese people if you call one the other they get upset about it because there's a long long thousands year long history of them not of them fighting. And I would say from my knowledge that the history of Polish relationships with Russia goes back further than the world wars. It's, it's an old, old fight that, that didn't just start from world war one and world war two. It's goes back even before then. And I think that might be playing a factor into all this is that there's a very old, bitter sort of dislike between those two groups of people. Amongst the the Polish people, absolutely. Yeah. Um, from the government's point of view, though, in the EU, so I learned a little bit about this today as well, there are requirements that countries have to maintain in order to stay in good standing mm-hmm. in the EU. And Poland is in the EU, mm-hmm. but they haven't recently been in the best of standings right. because they've been backsliding on their democracy. Mm-hmm. They're actually inching, inching towards an autocracy. Right. And there's a strong right wing uh, yes. element there. Yeah. As a result, they have been sanctioned actually uh-huh. by the EU, which means that there's a lot of money currently sitting in holding that. The EU is denying to Poland. Mm -hmm. And so there's some speculation that part of the reason Poland has been so cool, seemingly, to let the Ukrainians come into the border is to try to undo some of that badness (laughs) that has been happening in terms of the EU. Mm. And that maybe the EU will be like, wow, Poland is really cool here Let's undo some of these sanctions and free some of this money that they're owed. So it does seem like this war is more than just like the battle in Ukraine and more of a like democracy versus 
totalitarian autocracy. Yeah, it's politics. And like that's kind of happening on sort of a global scale already, mm-hmm. which is why I think some people are already calling it a world war. I think that's just technical and I don't know the, the answer to whether or not you call it that or not. But it certainly has world implications and the global politics are definitely at play here. I think as an American, one of the the things that's been happening for me is just wondering, like, how do I help? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm seeing all of this news coverage and these horrible videos and mm-hmm. images coming from Ukraine. And I'm just like, I feel so bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like a million miles away, it feels like. And I don't know what I can do. But so I did a little reading on that. And there are organizations out there that you can donate to. Um, UNICEF is one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a few others that have, uh, I think one's global giving for Ukraine. Yeah. You can donate money. I've also heard that Americans are booking stays through Airbnb in Ukraine. Uh-huh. And um, instead of, you know, going, <laughs> they're, they're canceling and then letting the property owner keep the, yeah. the funds. Now, I don't know, like, how, you know safe that really <laughs> yeah, is yeah i don't know that seems like a strange strategy uh, could be but. um but i have heard that that's happening yeah um and then and then just sharing what you know i guess and trying to stay abreast of what's happening i think it's really important i think that that, that this is very important and it's not I know I see I'm actually torn uh, partially on this because part of me says like, well, it's white people and that's why it's such a big deal, at least like on the news. And there is certainly a piece of that. A piece of this is that these are white people. And so that makes an impact. But also there are nuclear power plants that got attacked and that's never happened in the history of the world before. Right. And there's also the fact that as we said earlier, Ukraine borders on nine countries, and some of them are NATO countries. And the second a NATO country gets involved, now it is a world war. Right, because we have rules. Yeah. <laughs> we have rules and bylaws that say that if yeah. one NATO gets involved, all NATO gets involved. So there's this part of me that's like, yeah, I mean, like it's fucked up what's happened to the Ukrainians, but it's also fucked up what's happened to the Uyghurs in China, and it's fucked up what's happening to people in Hong Kong, and it's fucked up what's happening in Taiwan. And... Although I know those things are true, or Sudan, or Somalia, or there's a, you know, there's places uh, in the, quote, shithole countries where this type of stuff happens, and it's horrible, and it makes me feel bad. Um, And so I wonder, like, oh, is it just because these are white people that we care so much? And I guess part of that is true, but I think another part of it is that this is a whole other can of worms. And I have been personally struggling with how to pull that apart, because I'm not sure how much of it is is what it it's just like gabby petito when she went missing and it was this pretty young white girl and that's why it was all in the news and there were other people that were missing and we there was some criticism there and i wonder i haven't really heard much talk about that but i know some of that is at play here it absolutely is at play i mean we can sit here and try to rationalize it and excuse it all we want to but the truth of the matter is like some part of it is part of the reason that so many of us have felt moved by this is 
A, like I mentioned earlier, that it's about as American as fuck as, yeah. as it gets, what the Ukrainians are doing, mm-hmm. but also that when we see these images, these videos and photos from the Ukraine, it looks just like here. Yeah. It looks like the city block. Exactly. You know, and the, the people look like us. Yeah, and it's a lot different than when you see shit going down in Somalia. Yeah, with huts and, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and it's hard to it's hard to, for me as an individual to know how much how much of that affects all of this. And I, I don't have an answer for you. And I'm sure yeah. if you're wondering the same thing, I just want you to know you're not alone. It's pretty near impossible i think to like quantify and measure how much of this is a racial bias uh-huh and how much of it is actually because of their new the, thing the threat that is new yeah the new threats in terms of like nuclear um capabilities i don't know the answer i can't tell it's really hard to tell and um i i don't know if anybody could tell but it's good to at least acknowledge i think so i mean i i want to acknowledge it because i'm pretty sure other people have got to be thinking the same thing surely yes yeah so if you're out there and you're thinking the same thing you know you're not alone mm-hmm. and if you are out there and you're feeling the same thing and you want to feel uh other things with us <laughs> you could totally do that by listening to episodes of our podcast on our website carolinasnowflakes.com and you could meet up with other people that have other feelings on our facebook Facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes. And if there's anything I missed or anything that you think we should cover or that we didn't see about what's going on here, I would love to hear from you in an email. Carolina Snowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.